Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We are diving into Agatha Christie's 1940 novel called... And Then There Were None, and previously published as Ten Little Indians. Recommended by Christy Crockett. Thank you, Christy. Another Christy. <laughs> you Christy stick together, yeah. don't you? Yeah, thank you, Christy. And uh, it was one of the top-selling books of all time. Uh, with like one million copies sold, and Agatha Christie. This is our first Agatha Christie novel. Yes, she's one of what? What is it? The Queen of Mystery. Queen of Mystery. She's she's written sixty six detective novels and fourteen short stories. Guinness World Record lists Christie as the best selling fiction writer of all time. With a total number of copies uh, of her novels being sold at two billion. Wow! So, man, a, a, an incredibly prolific writer. And I thought you should read this first part in here, author's note, because I really like that. So okay. Just read that from the book. So this is from the and then there were none Agatha Christie book. It says author's note. I had written this book because it was so difficult to do that the idea had fascinated me. Then people had to die without it becoming ridiculous or the murderer being obvious. I wrote the book after a tremendous amount of planning, and I was pleased with what I had made of it. It was clear, straightforward, baffling, and yet had an epilogue in order to explain it. It was well-received and, and reviewed, but the person who was really pleased with it was myself, for I knew better than any critic how difficult it had been. Agatha Christie. I like that because she's... She likes a challenge. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, because she said she wanted to do it without it being ridiculous, but she wanted to make it intriguing. And so when you meet all your characters, and then, you know, you, as with any mystery, you start saying, okay, well, this one did it. Well, then when that one gets killed, you're like, okay, I've got to reframe it and do it again. Uh, uh, she did that very cleverly. She did. Didn't you think? Yes. So the, so the, it, the, the story takes place in England. Uh, Where you said she was from. Yeah. Devon. Devon, England. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, come to find out, that's where she was from. So I thought that was interesting. But it was... So the story is this island. And all these strangers are kind of... They receive an invitation to this island. And there's a lot of mystery around this island. No one really knows who owns it and all this. But... Intrigue. Intrigue. Very, and I, I wrote this down. Tightly woven tale of suspense... With the suspects suspects dropping off one by one, readers have a job of deducing who, and your your job keeps changing. But your your job of deducing is a challenging one because uh, you're they're dropping like flies. And what is really weird is the the poem. Yeah, you should read that. The poem was written in 1869 by Frank Green. And um, I don't know, I don't understand why it says previously published as the Ten Little Indians when the poem says Ten Little Soldier Boys. 
I'll just read the first couple lines because it's pretty gruesome. I said, this is a nursery rhyme? Ten little soldier boys went out to dine. One choked his little self, then there were nine. Nine little soldier boys sat up very late. One overslept himself, and then there were eight. And and she used this poem as a way to... Yeah, the first one died from choking. The yeah. second one died from uh, too much sleeping. Well, powder or whatnot. Yeah. And then it just goes on down. And it was, uh, and then sometimes it would be a play on words. Like this one said, uh, three little soldier boys walking in the zoo. A bear hugged one, and then there were two. It was a bear clock or something. Yeah. Something shaped like, I mean, very creative, mm-hmm. poetic license. But one of the funniest parts, and you learn all these characters names um but one one guy kind of was the suave one and this one guy said um he said something about him being honest and this philip lombard he got offended by that and he said when did i lay claims to being an honest man no indeed i never said that and i thought who gets mad because someone called you honest so i'm like hmm yeah i thought that was weird and then there's a doctor that was in here, and um, there was uh, a teach. Well, she was a coach, kind of. I I listed all the. We've got a retired justice uh, from the bench. We've got Vera Claythorn, uh, a games mistress, which I, I guess that's kind of a coach. Yeah. And now sure. she comes to be Miss Owen's secretary, and they're supposed to be the owners of this mm-hmm. island, who are mysteriously not there. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, weirdly. And then Philip Lombard, he's the one who didn't want to be honest. And Miss Emily Brent, who's like 65. Uh, she's an um, kind a of an old maid type. Uh, they called her a tartar or tartar, tartar. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of funny. And then there's a general, MacArthur, and the Dr. Armstrong, and um, Tony Marston, Mr. Blower. And Mr. and Mrs. Rogers, which were the maid. Butler and the maid. Yeah. So when when you're, uh, of course, it says in this little um, clockwork reader thing, it says, what is the most memorable scene? Can't really tell you that because that would be the ending, the climax, which, you know, you're really surprised. But throughout the story, you're learning all these characters, and they are totally... Like they're not, they don't know each other or anything, and they're all there. Have they just finished dinner? And this uh, recording comes on, and it tells how each one of the people seated around the table have murdered someone and gotten away with it. Yeah, so like a murder that you didn't get punished for, and then everybody's just talk about crickets. Yeah. I guess that would be crickets, right? Yes. So, in that sense of the word, and so you're totally blown away. I'm just like, what? And this is a recording, and they're going, like, what happened? Who did this? Where did it come from? And, and everyone's denying it or justifying it. Like, I didn't really, I didn't really kill them. Like, they... The only one that said he did it was Philip. Yeah, he was the The guy who that, didn't want to be... And he was supposed to have killed all these native people. And by Africa. leaving them somewhere. Yeah. yeah. He, he abandoned them, and he said, yeah, I did it. Yeah. He's the only one that... Uh, Admitted it. And I, I was just like, um, so during that time, the, the first murder occurred because mm-hmm. nobody, something happened. But, and you keep thinking, there is someone on the island besides these 10 people. 
Did you think that when yes, you were reading it? Yes, I did. Yeah. And I kept saying, search the island, search the island. And they did, finally. They kind of went. And it must have been a pretty small island, and there really wasn't anyone on it. Yeah. Then I kept saying, okay, search the house. There's someone in the house. You know, and, you know, that's what... But in, in one thing I forgot to mention, I thought this was a good quote from the doctor before... It kind of, it takes them as they're en route to the island. And Dr. Armstrong said, success had its penalties. Mm, yeah. And I thought, well, that's pretty profound. Mm-hmm. Success has its penalties. I love uh, those little uh, quotes from people. I was just like, hmm. And it says at the end, what did you learn from this book? And my, uh, I took this away. Do not carelessly accept invitations. <laughs> that's good. Just because someone invites you somewhere? Yeah. If you don't know them, <laughs> why are you going? But that was the thing that was very clever about all the invitations. They were written by someone that they knew. They, they thought they knew. They, yes. And they were sloppily done with so the handwriting. So it was hard to read. Mm-hmm. But they were all from someone that... Anyway, and the person that they thought had sent that to them was never there. Mm-hmm. So... But what I told uh what I told mom was that it's funny because there you know a lot of people die but usually I think that would bother me but it didn't bother me because all these people had murdered someone and had gotten away with it so it's funny how And the way she tells it is it was very classy. It was very class. It wasn't gruesome. It was really I I thought it was innocent almost yeah. the way she did it and I loved it compared to today's stuff. Yeah. They almost tell you too much. It's just yeah. like, uh, I'll go back to this. I used to say this a long time ago. You know, in Gone with the Wind, when Clark Gable carries her up the staircase, fade. That's how all shows should be. We, You know, you don't need to know everything. Yeah. You know, so they just say, okay, so this one lady, she kind of passed out. They took her to bed, and then that's all you see, but she never wakes up. Yeah. But it wasn't gruesome. No. You know, it was very... I tastefully done. It was you tastefully done. Yeah. And in the midst of this, um, this back to um, Philip, I, I I didn't. He wasn't my favorite character, but he did have some good one-liners. Cause this one guy named Bloor, he was just kind of. Um, he tried to be annoying. He was the police officer. And yeah, well, he thought he knew everything. Yeah. yeah. But Philip said to him, and I think I'll probably use this. What's the sense of making yourself offensive? <laughs> Because people do. Some people just... What's the sense of making yourself offensive? I thought that was a good good point. That and was then, a good point. And, and I think in, there was a time in there... Of course, we're in England, right? Mm-hmm. These people have tea, which uh, was something I guess we, we didn't do. Maybe it was that Boston Tea Party. We don't have tea. I don't know. I wish we... I, would, I love... Tea I time. Would, yeah, I wish right? we had that in our society. Because I have a quote that goes with that. So they've lost about three people... And, um, but they're having tea time, and this was the quote. There was a cheerful rattle and clink of china. Normality returned. Tea. Bless ordinary everyday afternoon tea. And it says, after three deaths, the routine gave hope all would be okay. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was, you know, and the way she writes, I see that in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I picture that, and I said, okay, so your routines are good. Yeah. Routines are a good thing. I feel so. like Agatha Christie did a good job about, like, you felt like you were there, too. Because, like, like that, like, it's very, ang- like, all the, the characters are anxious after they kind of figure out this is an accidental, like, someone is out to get us. 
And when they figure that out, well, then that's nerve-wracking. Because you're like, who's next? And all that. Oh, so. and we forgot to tell about the part of, like, on the table, there's these ten little soldiers. Yes. And every time someone gets killed, there's one less and one less. Mm-hmm. And like, how is that happening? Yeah, no and one And that's else. a little freaky. That is freaky. But well done. Well played, Because sometimes Agatha. it'll happen in the, you know, people, oh, they're all together, and they'll go, and then it's, there's one missing. That was another thing I learned from this book. Do not dwell on creepy nursery rhymes. <laughs> because... I mean, to me, that was like, I was like, whoa. And cool words. She had some really cool words. Barmy, which means daft or crazy. Barmy. Barmy. And I I just, and then plump in in this, when we think of plump, I always think of um, someone a little chubby. Mm -hmm. Then this says to give support or make a choice. Plump. So there were kind of different different words I, I wonder if that's just like those are popular like english yeah you know, i mean the what people how they say it over there so how did you feel at the end of the book but without giving spoilers um well i i thought it was a perfect read to and you you read it on an airplane mm-hmm. right i'm so glad you had it to read because uh, it was the end of school when I read this, and I said it was a great book to uh, kind of free your mind. Did mm-hmm. you feel like that yeah. when you were just like it wasn't uh, heavy? Mm-mm. And Do I hate to it, say that you think it was. <laughs> we got ten people dying here, and yeah. it was a light read. And, uh, <laughs> but it was fiction. But it's three hundred pages, but it just bam, it goes by fast. I mean, when I was reading these characters and I started, I said. Oh my goodness, how am I going to keep this straight? We got 10 people, but she then they crafted start, it. Then they start yeah. falling off. You don't have to keep up with this many. That's true. So You you don't have to, because when you, you're thinking, oh, oh, I had a really good one, though. So something the doctor said, and um, then another person said, uh, these doctors are all the same. They think in cliches. And I said, that is still true. Mm. Because I was thinking when, when your dad was sick, he went to the he went to different doctors and they all said, it's allergies. It's allergies. And it was throat cancer. Yeah. But, and they do think in, they're all the same and they think in cliches. Because <laughs> most of the time, if you go in, they're going to say it's allergies. Mm-hmm. That is the pat answer. I mean, and he had been in New Mexico. Because most He'd of the time in, it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But isn't that right? That the doctors right, yeah. think in cliches. I said, oh, man, that is still true. Some things never change. Yeah, definitely. But, yes, I did read this on a plane, and it was perfect. I I started it on the way there, and then I finished it on the way back, all in a plane. So it, it's a perfect travel novel, I think. It, was, yeah. it, it fit perfectly, and it's very entertaining, and it goes by really fast. So it's I, – I highly recommend it. I've never read anything of Agatha's before – um, and I'm not necessarily a big mystery person, but I was intrigued by it. And I, uh, we, neither of us figured it out. I thought, I thought I had it at the very beginning. Like, oh, please. This I is thought so I had easy. it several times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, that's not it. Yeah. Rethink it. Recalibrating. Yeah. <laughs> Recalibrating. But I will say this, because my husband asked me, he's like, well, is it one of those where you like couldn't even get it you, you know like they have some oh, no you could have gotten it you could have gotten it and that's i think what makes her so brilliant mm-hmm. because i think it's easy to write one that people can't figure out if you 
bring in a Hail Mary, you yeah. know, over or here. Or a like, clue that nobody that knows nobody, but you. Yeah. yeah. But she, there's, there's enough evidence there, you could get it. It's just... It's a different way of thinking. And so. I wonder if we might do better on a second novel by her. Mm, you know, be yeah. looking more astutely for, those for clues. a clue. Yeah. Like, and then, um, I learned a word from her. What was it? Lassitude is lethargy and weariness. And um, because that one girl, she wanted to do something, and she said lassitude overtook her. And I thought, well, that's a cool word. She has a lot of... And this was the first time I had ever seen vamoosed in print. I said, let's vamoose, let's go. Yeah. But you don't really see that in here. I've I've heard it a lot, but... Uh, I mean, she had some cool... I mean, and then if if it ended before the... You know, at the end, there is a... What do you call it? Like a... Epilogue. Kind of... That explains it, because at the... At the end, they're, they're still wondering. Yeah, you know, so... So you gotta read the epilogue. Read the whole thing. Yeah, because if you stop where you think it ends, then you won't know And we were happened. gonna have uh, Christy come on, but we'll just have to do another Agatha Christie because she had read this so long ago. We'll try to read one that she's reading currently and get her back in since uh, she loves... She's trying to read them all, I guess. Oh, cool. So... And I don't know which one I would pick because I just went in and Googled most read Agatha Christie book and this one came up. And then there were none. But if you are looking for a... Would it be fun? You think it's a fun read? And an intriguing. Yeah. An entertaining. For sure. And kind of a, a quicker... It went by really fast. So There's a quote. I mean, and I've circled a bunch and I didn't write them all down, but... Uh, one of them said, if you ask me, that woman's as mad as a hatter. And if you look into the history of that, you know, remember they put stuff Mercury. in that that made you go crazy? Mm-hmm. Mad as a hatter. So, um, yeah, just pretty cool. Uh, and then Bloor, he's still trying to be funny. And he said, no need to tell them to lock their doors because everybody's scared to death. Yeah. So she does a little uh, tongue-in-cheek. And they're, and every time someone dies, your one less soldier is on the table, you know. And I thought it was cool too. She'll she'll do these snippets where it's all their thoughts. So and and the murderer's thoughts are in there too. So, but you don't know who's saying what. You can kind of pick out some, like oh okay, but did you catch that when? Yeah. She'll do these little snippets of. It, what kind of what everyone's thinking well because when they were all accused of murder then she goes in d- to detail of each one what happened and like the guy who was and, and that won't spoil anything because you I mean the first guy to die he ran over two kids yeah and he was unremorseful about it with his car because he he, he it was a hit and run he speeds too fast yeah he, and he's like well they shouldn't have been in the way yeah. I mean, so, I mean, he had no remorse over that. Yeah. So I don't know why they couldn't have done something about him. But, and everybody keeps asking, who, where are Mr. and Ms. Owen? And where, you know. And the reason nobody comes to the island is because in certain weather conditions, they can't. They can't. It's physically impossible. So whoever is killing everyone off had to know kind of what the weather was going to mm-hmm. be like. So. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, they. They literally have no way to get off the island. And so 
they're they're trapped and so they they're looking for ways and they're trying to signal uh but they're pretty much trapped on an island with a murder mm-hmm. and they don't know who it is so, so it creepy. is yes and um I I really want to read another one. Yeah, but uh, I'm telling you, it's uh, if you grab an Agatha Christie, you could probably get these at a used bookstore. Oh yeah, and or library. library. We're together. <laughs> that's why we're. That's why we sound differently. Yeah, yeah, we're together. But uh, yeah, Kate had to tell me, do not tell the ending. Yeah, no, no spoiler on this one. So. Um, but I was surprised, and but it makes sense, and she she packs it up nicely. I I, I love that. I love when authors give a epilogue or a conclusion, and they just tie up all those loose ends. Um, and she does that, and everything makes sense. And then, and you're kind of okay with everything. <laughs> I, I so. yeah, and I was like you because I'm I'm like um, it was different. It was mm-hmm. a cool, uh, classy, British. Read. I mean, like, probably, uh, I don't know how I, because I like mysteries. I mean, Columbo's like my favorite. You know, I love Columbo. Yeah. I love Murder, She Wrote. Why had I not read these? I don't know. That's a good point. I, I don't know. But, so we're a fan of Agatha Christie, so. And I uh, think that's a wrap on And Then There Were None. So, go out and read it and have some fun. <laughs> See you on the next one. Take care.